Hey everybody, I'm Sarah. And I'm Vicky. And we're the Drama Mamas. Yeah, we are. This week we're taking on My Own Private Idaho, which yes. is a tangential take on Henry the Fourth. Fourth, yes. Yes. So, please silence your cell phones. Your discretion is advised. And now, your feature presentation. Mm-hmm. This movie was written and directed by one person. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Gus Van Zant. Van Sant. Van Sant. He has 39 directing credits beginning in 1982. And this mm-hmm. was his eighth credit. Basically, before this, he had just done a bunch of shorts. Mm-hmm. And then after, he directed Goodwill Hunting. And the Psycho movie that was made in 1998. Oh, okay. That explains a lot. We, I was talking to my work dad about this today because I'd asked him if he's seen it and he had, and he enjoyed it. Um, and he was like, he named the director and he was like, he has interesting takes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Uh, let's see. Those were his directing credits, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's done several music videos, including uh, David for David Bowie, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Chris Isaac. Okay. Uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was in the movie. Yeah. Um, he has 13 writing credits, also beginning in 1982. And this was his fourth writing credit before just the shorts and since nothing I recognized. Okay. So the two stars of the film are River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. Which is weird. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of, like, I was digging some Keanu Reeves. I, I mean, I haven't too. ever not, like, I've never been like, ooh, Keanu Reeves. Gross. Right, like, but you're never like, ooh, Keanu Reeves. Right, exactly. Just like, I never have to fan myself. Yeah. No, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I'm never like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> get it. it. Get it. Uh, River Phoenix. <laughs> Jesus. River Phoenix has 25 acting credits. Uh, wow. Before this. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Considering he yeah. died at the age of 23. Yeah. Uh, he was in Stand By Me, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I Love You to Death. <laughs> I only mention that because... Um, Keanu Reeves was also in I Love You to Death. Oh, I thought maybe you were making an off-color joke. Me? About How dare you? Him being dead. All of my jokes are on color. <laughs> 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 That's not what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since... <sighs> shut up. Since he was in a video for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then he died two years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keanu Reeves... His career began in 1984, but I did not write how many credits he has because I don't know why. Um, several. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been in a lot. Uh, before this, he was in Dangerous Liaisons, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Bogus Journey, and I Love You to Death. And since he's been in Much Ado About Nothing, A Walk in the Clouds, which is one of my personal favorites. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, it's so... Sweet. Deborah Messing is in it. Oh, I love her. Briefly. She plays, like, he's a World War II vet. Uh-huh. And they got married in the, like, whirlwind romance of going off to war. And when he comes home, she, like, they're not meshing well. Mm-hmm. And he's having trouble making money, so he's selling chocolates. He's not thrilled to be doing this, but he's selling chocolates. 
And he goes on the road. He kind of feels like maybe there's something off about her. Uh-huh. But he goes on the road and he runs into this woman on a bus and people are giving her a hard time and she's obviously upset. And he's just mm-hmm. like, what's wrong? She ends up confiding in him that she's pregnant. Oh, Out of wedlock from like a professor at her college that her father did not want her to go to. Yeah. And, um, and he's just like, well, what if I posed as your husband long enough to establish that you were married and then I leave you and I'm just the jackass that left you and you like save face with your family and yeah. then they fall in love. Oh. It's really good. Anyway, so he was in that. He yeah, was in- I don't actually, I'm on the IMDB page right now and it may be because, do you like count how many are on there? I uh, know it says at the top, like when you, it has all the different like producer credits or whatever, and it'll say at the top how many. But if I have to count, like I do have to count if it's like their eighth credit, I have to count. And that's why if it's like oh, more no, than no, 10. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, um, oh, never mind. He's acted in, he's got 93 acting credits. Damn. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He was in The Devil's Advocate, which is, Luke really likes that movie. Charlie's Throne is in it. Uh, I think her tits are in it. Oh, like that's always a bonus for Luke. Like if there's nudity, right? Yeah, he's down. Uh, he Did was. Did you realize that he's fifty three? No, I did not. Either. And it does not bother me. Have you seen John Wick? Yeah, I'm not I concerned. Have. I'm not concerned. I'm a little bit concerned with how attracted I am to a fifty three <laughs> year old. That's a bit concerning. We're getting old. Yeah. Uh, he was in this little, like, trilogy or quadrilogy, I'm not even sure, called The Matrix. I'm not sure if oh, you're familiar with it. No, I, not at all. <laughs> uh, not, I've really not ever watched them, but I did play the game. I have watched them, but years after they were huge. <laughs> that is my life. Uh, the Replacements... A Scanner Darkly, which RDJ was in. We talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lake House. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Wick. I can't believe I didn't put Speed on here. I assume Speed was probably after the My Own Private Idaho, but obviously. It's like a big movie that he was in. Okay. Have you not seen Speed? No. It's him and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, sure. And uh, Jeff. I don't remember um, seeing Sandra Bullock in anything up oh until... Uh, Miss Congeniality. We're going to do 10 episodes on Sandra Bullock movies. <laughs> like, you're going to learn. <laughs> Not next, though, because there's already a poll. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so this movie came out in 1991. Mm-hmm. So here's some hopefully less depressing news. Was it last time we did... No, it was 2014. Oh, gosh. Was so depressing. When we did... Oh, yeah. What movie was that? Oh, it was Cymbeline. Yeah. Okay. So, 1991, the USSR dissolved, uh, Gorbachev resigned, Mm -hmm. and Boris Yeltsin took leadership in Russia. Oh, okay. The top song was Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. I was alive when Putin wasn't in power. You were. Uh, That's surprising. (laughs) A mysterious hum started being heard by many, but not all, residents in Teo, New Mexico. Tinnitus has been ruled out. Huh. New Mexico. Huh. Probably we're doing some testing. That's all I'm saying. A little bit. The quicker picker-upper was made the bounty slogan. Now it's the quilted quicker picker-upper. Yeah. On January 8th, 1991. For some reason, when I hear quicker picker-upper, I think of Swiffer. Really? Not bounty. It's funny that you say that because I think of Dirt Devil. Huh. 
Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't think of Bounty, though. Uh, I do think of the the song. The quicker picker upper. Yeah. Which they oh, did say should. Bounty. We're going to have to Google that because I feel like they did say Bounty. At the end, yeah. They say the quilted quicker picker upper Bounty. Oh, okay. They yeah. I thought you were saying that they didn't. No, they do. And I was like, That's no, but like, I remember I shouldn't it. think of Dirt oh, Devil okay. <laughs> because yeah. they say Bounty. Gotcha. I misunderstood. On January 8th, 1991, a 16-year-old high school student named Jeremy Wade Dell shot himself in front of his English class. Oh the event became God. the inspiration for Pearl Jam's song, Jeremy. Spoken class today. Ooh. The song is Jeremy, but he spoke in class today. Uh, the New York uh, appellate... <laughs> You know when you read words you don't often say and you almost say them wrong? wrong. <laughs> yeah, I do like it all appellate. the time. Um, or appellate. The New York Appellate Court ruled that a person can break their real estate purchase contract if they discover that they have unwittingly bought a haunted house. Unwittingly bought a haunted house? Yeah, they have to tell you if somebody's been murdered. Yeah, they do. They have to reveal that. Um, <laughs> Which is good, because when I was buying a house, I was concerned. Uh, you know, every once in a while, because I write, if I get an idea or if I hear something that makes me think of something, I will, like, jot it down real quick mm-hmm. just for future reference. Right. And I had typed in, in my notes for this podcast, but nowhere else, that this would be an excellent framing device for, like, a, a horror story. Like, you would just start out in that, like, someone's getting, um, what is it? Not a brief, but, like, when you're being questioned by lawyers, for the record. Um, Starts with a D, I think. Deposition. Yeah. When you're getting deposed. Like, that's an excellent framing device for, like, them telling the story of what happened in the house. Yeah. But I didn't write it down. And I've been trying to, I was like, I was thinking of something that was a framing device. What was it? What was it? What was it? And I couldn't remember the type of story it was framing. It's not important. It was just, I noticed it here and I was like, thank God. It was driving me crazy. You're funny. Um, And move that note to wherever you put your other notes. Because whenever you write a story with that idea, I want to read it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Cameron Todd Willingham was charged and executed in 2004 for allegedly setting his house on fire to murder his three children in 1991. All the evidence against him was debunked by experts in the fire investigations five years later. Oh. Yeah. Any way that goes, it's bad. Like, whether he did it or somebody else did it, it's bad. Well, whoever did it is presumably still out there. And, I mean, what if it was an accident? Sucks. Comedian Red Fox Ugh. suffered a fatal heart attack on the set. Do you know who Red Fox is? He was in uh, Sanford and Son. Oh, oh yes. The dad? Yes. No one came to his aid because they all thought he was doing his classic I'm coming oh, Elizabeth fake heart attack routine. Oh, no. Yeah. I can see it. My daddy used to watch it all the time. I'd get home. I'd get off the school bus. And by the time I'd walk up the hill, it'd be like 4.30. Mm-hmm. And I would and walk in the land. door, and it was on TV land, <laughs> and he'd be sitting there watching it while he was making dinner. Luke uh, likes to sing. It's not a song you can sing, but the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll just randomly do it sometimes. It's funny. <laughs> that is funny. 
Uh, Maurice Kraft, a French volcanologist, was f- <laughs> shut up. Was filmed saying, "I'm never afraid because I've seen so many eruptions in 23 years that even if I die oh. tomorrow, I don't care." He was killed during an eruption the very next day, June 3rd, 1991, alongside his wife at Ma- Mount Unzen in Japan. That's not fair. Did she say she didn't care? It's like famous last words. Is all I'm saying. Like, I don't she care if I die tomorrow. Dead fucking killed both of them with those words cannibal serial killer jeffrey dahmer was captured in 1991 he had killed and sometimes eaten 17 people you know as much as i listen to and um read about and watch like serial killers and true crime stuff Mm -hmm. for whatever reason i thought that he was already in prison before i was born Mm. And uh, if it wasn't till 1991, he was not. <laughs> I had some misconceptions. I can't even remember what it was, but I was listening to a podcast about it. And I, I honestly don't know a lot about him or Ted Bundy or Ed Gein. Like, I just didn't know a lot. I just right. knew, you know. You know the basics. Exactly. So uh, when I was listening to that podcast, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. No, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> when I, well, now I've listened to several on Ted Bundy and I'm just like, Pfft. Yeah, Ted Bundy and his Volkswagen. Hey, can you help me hitch my boat? No, you fucking creep. I'm not helping you do anything. <laughs> Wasn't he attractive, though? Yeah. 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 It's the problem. Isn't, I know. Uh, Zach Efron is playing him in a movie soon. Is he? I'm pretty sure it's Ted Bundy that he's playing. Ooh. And then that kid from One Direction. Wait, no. Was he from One Direction? He was a Disney star starring as um, Jeffrey Dahmer in My Friend Dahmer. It might have I read already. about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a Disney star, not a One Direction. Whenever we do true crime, right? We we need to. That was on our short uh, guys. If you're listening to this, it's probably already closed. But we have just recently, as of this is being recorded, we've just recently put up our. We narrowed it down to like two genres that we could do, but we had narrowed it down to four, and then we just wanted to make it simpler for everyone. So. It's either time travel or romantic comedy. And at this time, it looks like time travel is probably going to take it home. Yeah, there's still about two weeks left, though. So, But we also had what we be. were talking about, true crime and coming of age. Coming of age, yeah. I have so, the list right here. You're funny. <laughs> just staring at it like, what? What does it say? <laughs> I've got the I'm worst here. handwriting. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think when I try to read back over stuff I've written. I'm like, what is that? Is that an N or an R? Mm, no, this is interesting. A high pro- <laughs> Shut up. Everything I say is interesting, okay? okay? A high profile court case forced the British government to clearly define the difference between a cake between cake and a biscuit. <clears throat> In the end, the government published an official ruling that a cake is defined by its propensity to harden over time, whereas a biscuit has a propensity to soften. And I think biscuit, they mean crackers. I thought biscuits were cookies. Oh, maybe. I don't fucking know. Biscuits are biscuits here. We're in the South. They were eating. Yeah, biscuits are biscuits. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like some chicken on mine. Mm, yeah. Or gravy. Or gravy. Yeah, I'd take gravy. Or, I like spicy. Or I prefer spicy sausage chicken. If I'm going to do chicken. And strawberry jelly. I talk a lot of smack about fried chicken going on bread because it's already breaded. Like, I, when we go to Chick-fil-A, Luke will get the original chicken sandwich. And I'm just like, why? 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 It already has bread on it. Like, just go to KFC. And uh, 
it tastes different. And then we went it to, tastes really different. We went to Chick-fil-A on one of my cheat days, and I got a spicy chicken biscuit, and he's like, oh, that's breaded. I'm like, huh, it's spicy chicken. That is a completely different animal. How dare you? <laughs> and it is. I'm not debating this. This is fact. It's science. It's not. You're wrong. <laughs> the spice cancels out the first breading. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it was Freddie Mercury's dying wish for Bohemian Rhapsody. I said that weird. To be reissued in order to raise money for AIDS charities. When oh. the song was re-released in 1991, it topped the charts, staying at number one for five weeks for the first time since its debut in 1975. When I started... Um working for that battery factory several mm-hmm. years ago my very first day on the way to work bohemian rhapsody came on the radio mm-hmm. and i was like oh shit it's gonna be a good day <laughs> it was not a good day <laughs> it, it was you. until until my muscles formed a little bit there were no good days <laughs> Teen Spirit was a real deodorant. I, oh, I yeah. And I used that when I first Yeah, I used puberty. Teen Spirit. I, when I read that, I was like, duh, I guess it's not anymore. 1991. <laughs> one of Kurt Cobain's... It's not anymore. <laughs> one of Kurt Cobain's friends spray painted, Kurt smells like Teen Spirit on his wall because Kurt's then-girlfriend wore Teen Spirit, mm. which led to the title of the 1991 Nirvana hit song. Uh, Nir- uh, Rolling Stone magazine originally gave Nirvana's Nevermind a three-star rating. They now give it five stars and rank it as the 17th greatest album of all time. They it's had to get on the bandwagon. what happens when See, you die. I like to... <laughs> I mean, obviously, with opinions, when you are presented with f- new facts, or facts you were previously unaware of, you should alter your opinion. Sure. However, with regards to, was this good music... Is this good music? Yeah, is this good music? I don't know. Maybe stick to your guns a little. Yeah. A um, little. I, I enjoy Nirvana, but I enjoy Nirvana on the bandwagon level in which right. I know the words to the three or four super popular right. songs. And, and the then, rest of the stuff, yeah. If the vocals even then, are a little I'm like... like uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple parts where I just hum. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I would be really interested in being able to go to my own funeral. Like, you know, if my ghostly apparition, you guys wouldn't have to see me. She's doing a thing with her arm. I'm like an inflatable, (laughs) crazy arm man. I don't know why I'm doing it. That's my ghost arm. But um, (laughs) I would be interested to see how many people were suddenly such good friends with me. Oh. How many people just I hung out with so much. I just assume no one's really going to be there because Luke certainly isn't. Funerals are not his bag. Well, I mean, because like whenever anybody dies, Mm -hmm. everybody was super close to them. Well, when someone dies, like I wasn't super close to my grandfather. Right. Like he was fairly removed like i he was around a lot when i was little and mm-hmm. like he helped me move a couple of times and like he would help me if my car was broken down but we didn't have any in-depth conversations mm-hmm. 
I loved him, right. but I honestly couldn't say that I knew him or that he knew me. But when right. he died, it was it was heartbreaking. Like it was sure. heartbreaking on behalf of my grandmother. She's had a lot of mm. loss in her life, and on behalf of my dad, who was close to his dad, and. And the fact, like, that I would never have the chance to get to know him. Like, right. it's one of those things in retrospect. Like, if he had lived two more years, it's not like I would have suddenly taken up the right. interest. But just knowing that it's not an option anymore is is really sad. I, yeah, I get that. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying like, as well. You know. Attention-seeking. There, There's a certain breed of person mm. who needs to make everything about themselves. Yes. And, uh... I'd be interested to see how many of those mm-hmm. were at my funeral. Because I would be like, Bitch. smacking them in my ghost form. I'd be like, you cold? You cold? <laughs> you trash? You nasty. <laughs> it was uh, Super Bowl 25? Yeah. Man, it's been a minute since I've had to read Roman numerals. In 1991, with New Kids on the Block, that the half halftime show switched from marching bands to pop rock music performances how many years later did we see uh what's her name's titty hmm that was like early 2000s <laughs> janet jackson janet and we jackson. didn't well we saw her titty we didn't see her nipple she had a tassel, tassel yeah <laughs> wardrobe malfunction yeah like i don't know <laughs> 20 paintings were stolen from the Amsterdam Van Gogh Museum and were then recovered 35 minutes later because the robbers got flat. (laughs) If that's not my luck, I don't know what it is. They then found uh, first printing of the Declaration of Independence inside the frame of a $4 painting he'd bought at a flea market in Adamstown, Pennsylvania. It sold at auction for $2.4 million. Holy shit lucky right i was about to say you know who does not have that kind of <laughs> right luck? me i bought a two dollar scratch off ticket today mm-hmm. i'm just out two dollars nice <laughs> i'm just out two dollars in a scene in hook there's a couple kissing on a bridge while tinkerbell is flying over dropping fairy dust on them and sending them flying the couple was actually an uncredited cameo by george lucas and carrie fisher Oh, right. I thought that was pretty cool. Christian Bale's stepmother, Gloria Steinem, which hold the phone. What? Christian Bale's stepmother is Gloria Steinem. I'm trying to place Gloria Steinem. Uh, well, I have a little explanation for you. Okay, great. Was a feminist who prost- protested the 1991 publication of the novel American Psycho. Like she's a well-known feminist. Oh, um, okay. So she protested I'm the not. publication of American Psycho. Can you repeat what you just said? I am not. A feminist? A well-known feminist. Okay. I was um, about to say, bitch. I, I don't describe myself as a feminist. That's because the word has connotations that it shouldn't have. But I want to make the same amount of money as my peers do. But mm-hmm. I honestly don't know that I don't. Right. Because pay is top secret. <laughs> like you don't share that why yeah uh okay anyway so uh she protested due to its portrayal of violence toward women in 2000 bale went on to star as the title character of the novel's film adaptation american psycho have you ever seen it 
I feel mm, it's fucking weird. I'm not sure. I didn't not like I it, thought that but I did, it is fucking weird. But I'm not sure if I did. Jason Alexander threatened to quit Seinfeld after, or sorry, in the third season. After the table read of The Pen, which features only Jerry and Elaine, Alexander pulled Larry David aside and said, if you write me out again, do it permanently. In nine seasons, that was the only episode that he wasn't in. Wow. You know, I wasn't a big Seinfeld fan, but he needed to be there. Yeah. Like, well, apparently, he was basically an avatar for Larry David. <laughs> like, Larry David, all the weird shit that he did on that mm-hmm. show was stuff like Larry David did on the regular. Hmm. Like, all the crazy opinions, the crazy reactions, that's Larry David. Gotcha. That's what I've heard. It could be bullshit. I don't know. So, the top three rank, or the top three highest grossing films, 1991, was Terminator 2. Okay. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Yep. And the Oscar my, winner was my Dances personal with Wolves. Favorite. So that was a good year for Kevin Costner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you? Let's talk about the plot of the movie, and then we can do some movie trivia if you want. All right. Okay. So, uh, my own private Idaho is uh, kind of. There are two main characters, Mike and Scott. Yeah. Mike is probably more the main character than Scott. I'd agree. Uh, he has narcolepsy. He has obviously had a traumatic youth. He is working the streets of like Seattle. He's a prostitute, a grifter, a uh, hustler. Hustler. The that's word. The word that's the used. word they use. So he is just basically getting by and not very well because he has a stress reaction with his narcolepsy so when he gets really stressed or scared he passes out and it's often as a prostitute you're put in a lot of scary situations so he's not doing great um but he gets it in his head that he wants to go home and see his brother so he and Scott go to Idaho, which is where he's from, and they see his brother. They have a really weird conversation where his brother is actually his dad, or is he his brother and his dad? It's not clear. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, because I completely missed the part where they said it was his brother. Yeah, he's like, let's go see my brother, and then his brother's talking to him, and he's just like, let me tell you who your real dad is. He's like, I know who my real dad is, and he tells him the story yeah. about... His mom shooting the guy. Yeah, this, like, not a card shark. He was, like, a card counter, kind of. Real slick. He wasn't into commitment. She had an anchor baby, which was Mike. And then he still didn't want to commit to her, so she shot him in the face at the movies. Yeah. Um, And he's just like, that's bullshit. You're my dad, and we both know it. Which was weird. Dude freaks out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He, he, He... You know, um... My parents have these friends, and the husband, he's very funny, and they come over for something, like, we, we'd gone to bed, and but he was coming to pick up some, like, tools he had left over, because he, mm-hmm. like, would help us when we were remodeling shit. Right. Anyway, so he's coming over after we had just gone to bed, so we were still awake. Right. And so my dad heard him on coming up the steps, so he just goes and starts flicking on and off the um, porch lights, and... <laughs> just yells out, I've got narcolepsy. <laughs> so every time I hear the word narcolepsy, that's what I think. <laughs> like he's falling asleep and waking up. 
Uh, it probably happened when I was maybe 14, but I still remember. Is Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> probably not as funny as I think that it is. No, it's funny. But I think it's pretty funny. People listening to this right now are just like falling out of their cars laughing. Okay. Well, hopefully not. Because <laughs> they're the only ones listening. So his brother, dad, his his, his dad brother. His, his druther. His his father. Father brother? Father uncle. Brother. We're gonna, let's call him an uncle. Brother. This is father's brother. Father okay. Anyway, he gives him a, an address where his mom is supposed to be like this hotel so they go there and she doesn't she's not there anymore she went to italy yeah so they stick the (laughs) this german guy who is someone that they've met along the way with a stolen bike they sell it to him after they fuck him and they take the money and buy tickets to italy the sex scenes confuse me we'll talk about them in a minute (laughs) so they go to italy she's not there but there is a girl there, and um, so Scott ends up leaving Mike in the dust with the girl. He leaves with the girl. Mike He's goes back. Love. Yeah, whatever. Mike goes back to Portland, mm-hmm. and he's back on the streets, not doing well. And then he decides that he's going to go home. He's going to try to find his mom. He's going to do it. And we leave him in Idaho, where he basically says, I'm never going to get off this road. He gets robbed because he passes out on the road and then someone picks him up and we don't know what that means like we don't know if it's a good samaritan or someone else that's gonna fuck him over it looked like keanu reeves oh i did not think that i didn't i think it'd be cool if it was did but i thought the person that got out of the car did i just figured it was some random person and you don't know if it's a good person or a bad person or what. I was really pissed when the first car that comes by, they stop. And I was like, oh, it's a truck. They can put him in the back. No, they no. just take his shoes in his bag. Like, yeah. fuck those guys. Yeah. They're some assholes. So Scott, on the other hand, has... He is the mayor's son. The mayor of Portland's son. And he's going through a rebellious phase. He doesn't want to have anything to do with his dad. He's mm-hmm. living on the streets until he can get his trust fund and <laughs> live the real head. life. Do it. Listen to that fucking shithead. Yeah. So, like, and he's not just living on the streets. He's, like, thriving on the streets. Like, he's doing really well. Yeah. He kind of takes up for Mike. He kind of, you know, picks him up and dusts yeah. him off. And he's actually pretty good to Mike. And he yeah. has a... Um, the kind of leader of the hustlers and he have like this father-son dynamic and they get yeah. along really he actually he says on several occasions he loves him yes like a father more, more than, than his, his father. father so uh he and mike go on their adventures when they're in italy he falls in love with the girl they have some weird sex uh, and then he brings her home and when he gets in the car he has a letter that presumably says his father has died so he returns home he cleans up his act he gets his money and he basically leaves everything else behind. He, the father that he loved approaches him because mm-hmm. he basically told him that he would give him a job when yep. he was in power. And he basically tells him to fuck off. And then that guy dies. And the last time we see Scott, he is at his father's funeral. And he can see the, the hustlers uh, having a funeral of their own for Bob. The fat, the fat guy who's not actually super fat, but everyone acts like he's super fat. Right. Like, they act like he should be on my 600-pound line. Yeah. And he's just like, he's heavy, but he's not that heavy. Right. He's, 
He's obese, but not morbidly so. <laughs> right. Uh, like, he probably has to shop at Big and Tall, but he doesn't yeah. have to order special sizes there. No. Anyway, uh, so he sees them mourning the way that he probably would prefer to mourn and mourning the person that he would probably prefer to mourn. But he sticks to his guns and he just, he does, he s- stays his course. Yes. So that was interesting. Uh, tell me about King Henry the Fourth. Okay. The play. Not the, per- I don't give a shit about the person. <laughs> well, that's good because I don't know anything about the person. Uh, he was a king, hmm. and the fourth of his name. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's all I got. Okay, so uh, Henry the Fourth has two main plots that intersect in a dramatic battle at the end of the play. The first plot concerns King Henry the Fourth, his son, and their strained relationship. The second concerns a rebellion that is being plotted against King Henry by a discontent family of noblemen in the north who are angry because of King Henry's refusal to acknowledge his debt to them. The play's scenes alternate between these two plot strands until they come together at the play's end. Which, as I told you before we started recording, I wish I had read prior to watching the movie. Yeah. Because um, it makes it make a little bit more sense. The movie w- was a bit hard to follow at first. Like, it, it felt really yeah. choppy. Basically. Yeah. It was like it had bad editing. But well, I guess I, it's like he's got narcolepsy, so he's falling asleep, and then it chops to he's waking up somewhere else, and you're like, what the fuck? It's that. And also, it's showing, it's unclear to me if it's showing what he dreams of mm-hmm. when he is... Yeah, yeah, don't think we didn't catch you not silencing your cell phone again. Um, it's not clear if he is, if they're showing what he's dreaming when he's mm-hmm. out, or yeah. if they're showing, because there's several points where something is happening, and it's like he's flashing, it's like PTSD. Yeah. It's like he's remembering something traumatic from his youth related to what's happening in the present. Yeah. And it's causing his narcolepsy to take effect. Yeah. That was the feeling that I got. It's one of those two things, or maybe both. Maybe both. Um, The sex scenes confused me because... (laughs) Really weird. One of the very first scenes is this guy giving Mike a blowjob. Yeah. For money. Yeah. And it is not... I was like, how do you... How are you getting paid to get blown? People... Fucking Jesus. You know what? I... We're going to discuss some things. Okay. But it's done like a, a, nor- a standard, straightforward sex scene in that you see one person's reaction, the other person comes up, they basically wipe their mouth, and you're just like, yep. okay, a blowjob has happened. Yep. That is, fellatio has taken place. Fellatio has taken placeio. But the other two sex scenes, <laughs> I, just, I just heard what you said. <laughs> I was like, how dare you not laugh at my joke? It was funny. <laughs> it was funny. So, God. The other two sex scenes are like, they're with uh, the Hans? German, Hans. I wanted to say Gus. I knew that wasn't right. Hans, <laughs> Hans, the German guy, and the Italian girl, Carmela. Okay. So, I those are the only name. other two sex scenes. And they're 
Hans, it's just like a cut of the them being Intim- still in sexual positions. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And when I saw it, because we had seen a straightforward sex scene, I was just like, Hans is into some weird ass shit. Right? I was like, what the actual fuck yeah. is happening? No one can say that fucking someone in an uncomfortable place is weird after you've seen this movie because that's some no. weird ass shit. No, the back of a Volkswagen is fine as long as you're not, like, sucking toes and being (laughs) fucking weird. Like, it was, I was like, that's such a weird thing to get off on. Just, like, being in that position and then standing completely still like a statue. Yeah. But we had seen something earlier where the guy got off on something really weird. Yes. The guy with the fucking the cleaning, cleaning guy. Yeah, oh my yeah. god. That, that was, was super weird. Wow. Yeah. I was like, what has happened in this guy's childhood? I called him numerology dude because he was really into numbers. Yeah, he was like, I was born 4444 four, 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 and that's 16 and 6 plus 1 is 7 and that's the luckiest number. Yeah, that's some twisted logic, bro. Right? So- Anytime people start talking like that, I'm like, how, what how does your brain work and stop right like what is that gift from what? snl and like why and like don't <laughs> uh so the numerology dude is weird he's really into cleaning and then i just typed okay this is someone who's into some weird shit yeah <laughs> mall rats i actually typed mall rats. mall rats weird so then i thought that Hans was just into some super weird art still life bullshit. Right? He's like... But then we see Carmela and yeah. Scott having sex. And they do the same thing. Where they yeah. do these super weird cuts of them being still in sexual positions. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is just how he's doing sex scenes. Yeah. Not clear. No. Not clear. Not clear. So Hans really gets weird. a little bit more of a pass than I originally, because I was just like, yeah. what the actual well, fuck? Before they started the sex scene, he was like, oh, I used to be an entertainer. Yeah. Or whatever. And he did like his dance with the lamp. Yeah, which was freaking Mike out. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. At that point in the movie, I was like, Hans, you may end up being my MVP. Oh, my God. You are fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. Fabulous. He uh, reminded me when they're in Idaho at the brother's house and they see all the paintings that he's done. Mm -hmm. And there's that one weird ass where it's like lit from below and it's just the face like someone's coming out of the darkness and they're lit from below. That face looked just like Hans because he's holding the lamp (laughs) under his face and he's got those big blue eyes. Oh my gosh. And I immediately associated it. with the painting we had seen in the earlier scene. I didn't even notice the painting. Really? Yeah. It freaked me I out. Don't, maybe I was, like, taking a note at that moment, but I wasn't, I didn't notice. I read somewhere that, like, lighting from beneath, because of the lines that it creates, the shadows that it creates yeah. on your face, it's supposed to give a sinister feel, and it's unnatural. Yeah. Like, generally light, it doesn't come from below you. It comes from above or to the right. side of you. So, like, it's just, it feels sinister, I get it. Like, people use that in photography and shit. Yeah, I um, get it. Um, I guess, like, I'm really into weird stuff. You know, yeah. like, Rocky Horror. Right. They do his makeup kind of like that. So right. he looks like he's lit from Severe below. Lines. And so I, I dig that look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he was great. I was like, oh, you're 
fucking weird, but I love you. <laughs> of course you do. I thought he was weird. Uh, and Mike really didn't like him either. I like at all. Didn't. He was just like, that guy's a pervert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's <clears> like, I'm, I know what guys like you want. You're fucking people for money. Like, the, you still are. Mm-mm. The line in the sand that was drawn by Scott about when you are gay and when you are not gay was odd for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, whatever helps you sleep at night, I guess. But he's just like, uh, if you're getting paid for it, it's not gay. Right. It's just getting paid. Yeah. But when you start doing it for free, then it's gay. And I'm like, bro. Right. Like, I hate to break it to you. uh, Homo on the range. (laughs) The cover of the magazine he was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the actual name of the magazine was, but one of the top stories was homo on the range. And I was like, (laughs) Mike says something in that scene where he's just like, you're just waiting for a big payday. Yeah. Like you have money waiting for you. Right. So if that's your line in the sand, you're gay. Yeah. Like he basically, but he never says that to him. He never even alludes to that to him. Mm-mm. But I think it's interesting that that's probably what he thinks. Yeah. Um, so River Phoenix wrote the campfire scene. Oh. He wrote it in private on little scraps of paper. And the director was under the impression that he had been writing song lyrics and was surprised when he told him he'd rewritten the scene. And the director liked what River presented, but didn't know if Keanu Reeves would be up for it. Mm. River assured him that he'd already privately talked to Keanu. Uh, Keanu. It sounds weird to just say it Keanu. It does. I um, say Keanu Reeves. About it. He was fine with everything. and That's how he got famous. Gus Van Sant says he's had to give complete faith to River since he was completely left out of the loop on the whole scene. Wow. I mean, that is faith. And I'm pretty sure this was made, like, this had to have been made on film. So this is yeah. money. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. It kind of is. Like, he... Because this he just died, like, two years later, right? I don't know anything about River Phoenix. Like, I knew that he died young. And I think he's uh, Dude Bro's brother. Dude Bro. The guy that was in Walk the Line. I might be, like, confusing something in my head. You know the, the Johnny Cash movie? Yeah, the guy that starred in it. What's his name? The guy... I don't know the guy who fucking played Johnny Cash. His name is Johnny Cash. I don't care about the actor. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's River Phoenix's... Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, There's some names. Yeah, Joaquin... What River's River Phoenix's middle name was interesting too. I can't remember what it was. But Jude. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Phoenix is a summer, cool last name. I wish my last name was Phoenix. Summer Rain Liberty Jodine Jodine Bottom. Jodine, Jodine or Jolene? Jodine. Damn it. Jodine Bottom. She's the only. I say she. It could be a he. <laughs> There's not a picture hmm? of that one. It says sister. Oh, maybe she's married. Mm, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. 
Now, the character Mike was supposed to, he was written much more removed, like a zombie, but River Phoenix brought depth and nuance to the role and mm. breathed life into it, according to the director. Hmm. Uh, let's see. The executives at New Line Cinema hated the Shakespearean dialogue and wanted it cut to as little as possible. The foreign distributors, however, loved it and wanted it as much as possible. So yeah. pressure from the distributors convinced New Line to keep the dialogue intact. Um, I actually dug it. I did too, because it was just sprinkled in. And it was from yeah. two characters that I felt like would actually say shit like that. Yeah. Because the only two people that really said anything Shakespearean were Scott, who was raised in uh-huh. like private schools and shit. Right. And Bob, yeah. who was a crazy old street guy, and we don't know his history. And I liked that, like, the house that they stayed in, mm-hmm. the old lady. Mm-hmm. She talked a little bit yeah. Shakespearean, but she dressed mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh, shit, lady. <laughs> You're some crazy old fucking lady. I was about to say crazy old hood rat, but she didn't look like a hood rat. <laughs> the, um, these were not, these were not hood. Right. No. They were, they would not. They were straight homeless. They're not, they're not going to make it out alive of the Macon Mall. Uh, the motorcycle that was used in the film is actually Keanu Reeves' motorcycle. Really? He looked good on it. That's all I'm saying. That's funny, because he was like, I didn't know it would be so hard to turn it over. (laughs) Yes, you did. Possibly the worst cop ever. (laughs) Because when he pulls that, he pulls them over. Helps them get it started. Yeah. Then he pulls Hans over yeah. on the same stolen bike. Yeah. Still does not run the plates. He's like, he said, I'm still going to give you a speeding ticket. Yep. <laughs> that, for He's, some reason, that really tickled me. It was funny. He's like, you really like that bike, huh? <laughs> well, I'm glad, but I'm still going to give you a ticket. Because River Phoenix agent refused to show him the film treatment for My Own Private Idaho, in late 1990, Keanu Reeves rode his motorcycle from Canada to Phoenix hometown of Gainesville, Florida to hand deliver it to him. Wow. Right? What a shitty manager. Uh, Agent. Whatever you said. I don't know. Like, there's some artists who need hand-holding and need to be, you know, like... And he was obviously unstable. Well, I say obviously unstable. He died of an overdose. So he was... That's easy enough to do. Especially if you were trying to quit. Because you don't have the tolerance you used to have. And then... Yeah. um, That's easy enough to do. I could could see that being uh, excusable. Yeah. Given some more information. But just reading it outright, you're just like, yeah, what a dick. Yeah. Many members of the cast, including River Phoenix, Keanu Reeves, Flea, and Michael Parker, moved into director the director's large old household in Portland, Oregon during filming. They apparently caused such a disturbance and overtook the house to such an extent that Van Sant was eventually, uh, he moved out of his own house to stay with a friend in order to get some sleep. <laughs> wow. Yep. That was a pretty... Like, I kind of wanted, I would be interested to have seen what went on. Yeah. But, yeah, that's most of my trivia. It must have been quite the ruckus. So, I could really see, like, I didn't know, I still don't know much about King, uh, or Henry IV. Right. I just don't know much about it. I don't either. 
I could see it being a story told in Shakespearean times. Like, you pretty much get the feeling that Scott would be a king's son in yeah. a Shakespearean play. Like, that's yes. pretty obvious. Yes. And that the hustlers would be outlaws of some sort. Right. Like, I was thinking Robin Hood, Little yeah. John, those kinds of people. I, I, I can get behind that. And I don't know why I said I can, like, four times. <laughs> One of the best scenes is uh, Mike and Scott, they're with the Hustlers. The Hustlers have come up with a scheme to jump some musicians that walk through the park with their payoff. (laughs) And so Mike and Scott peel away from the group and they're just like, in case they run away, we're going to like, we'll be apart from you guys so that we can chase them Mm -hmm. more easily. Yes. So they rob them the rest of the hustlers and then Mike and Scott dress up differently and they set off a bunch of fireworks to scare off the hustlers and then they take the payday as a joke. Yes. And which I thought was funny. It was, it was very funny. Uh, and it showed a lot of, um, cunning Mm -hmm. on Scott's part. Yes. Like, uh, he anticipated everyone's movements. He, right. It just showed a deeper level, I think, to his intellect. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then they're telling the story of how they got robbed of their robbed goods. And Bob is just spinning this yarn. About, <laughs> so like, ridiculous. It's like a fishtail. Like, he just keeps adding to it and adding to it. And then Scott's just like, no, nah, bro. <laughs> like, this is, we were, we did it. Here's the money. <laughs> like, it was just really funny. And it felt, that scene particularly felt like something straight out of a Shakespearean play. And it probably was. Yeah. But it just, that was probably the clearest picture I had of it coming from the source material. Hmm. For me. Was there anything that stuck out to you? Uh, not so much about Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff where I was like, oh, that's weird. The cleaning. <laughs> The cleaning. He's like, oh, that noise. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, that noise, like, that's it's horrible. awful. Yeah. Um, Did you notice that? So at first I was really confused um, because Bob was like, oh, my one true son. And I was like, wait. Yeah. I was like, wait, is that his dad? Is the mayor like he's fucking down like he's down i did not pick up on the fact that his dad was the mayor and so he was talking about how his dad was rich or his dad was well off and yeah he lived in a neighborhood like this and then they show bob and he says my true father and i'm like right what do you consider a neighborhood like that yeah i wasn't putting it together in my head i was like wait hold on and then bob says something like at one point he's like until i met you I wasn't nearly this bad. I only gambled seven days a week. Right, and right. And I was just like, oh, okay. But in those moments when I was confused as to whether he was or he wasn't, mm-hmm. I was like, Bob looks like he could legit be Keanu Reeves' dad. Yeah. Like they had f- similar, <laughs> familiar faces and similar faces. I would say more so than the guy that actually played his dad. Yeah. Um. When Bob is spinning his yarn, um, he's accusing River Phoenix's character and Keanu Reeves' characters of fleeing Mm -hmm. out of fear. And he says, I give a thousand dollars to be able to run as fast as you can. (laughs) And Mike goes, it'll never happen, Bob. He said, I know. (laughs) Just the 
way he says, it'll never happen, Bob. It's not even mean. He's just like, just like there's no way. Honor's <laughs> too fast. So No, you're too fat. They harp on how fat he is so much in this A movie. A lot. And I'm just like, poor Bob. And let's see. On his dad's coffin, that coffin tapestry, mm-hmm. why was it a fucking beaver? Like, why was there a beaver on it? Did not even notice. <laughs> Gun to my head. I knew there was a tapestry. I remember seeing a tapestry. Yeah. Because it was like blue and silver. Something like that. But I, I could not tell green. you what was on it. I thought it was green and gold. It's really not important. Is it a black dress or is it a blue dress? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> is it a uh, Slytherin or Ravenclaw? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. And given his... Uh, Oh, Character's probably you're Southern. A joke. Never mind. <laughs> I do. I do. I do that. You're and if it was a beaver, it. isn't that Hufflepuff? Isn't it? I don't. Fuck. Is it? They're beavers. I want to say because like I give Chris a lot of shit about that. I don't fucking know. Badger. Badger. Yeah. Uh, I said at the beginning ish of the movie when Mike is begging the guy who blew him for an extra 10 bucks mm-hmm. when I saw that $10 I was like money has changed yeah because I would not take that 10 20s you still look a lot like I would be too. like yeah. mm, <laughs> I don't know about it I don't know about all this <laughs> when I first started working uh, I was working in a grocery store mm-hmm and some lady brought in a $2 bill right, to pay with it. And I knew, like, I'm old enough to remember when $2 bills were still a thing. Hmm. But I hadn't seen one in so long hmm? that I wasn't sure if it was still good. And it's weird that people would use it. Like, Yeah. I was like, that shit now. I was like, am I allowed to take this? <laughs> She, they were, they got like mad. They were like, "It's money," and I was like, "All right." I mean, I they were <laughs> they were like, "You're ignorant." I was like, "I'm 16, and I've not seen this since I was like eight. Uh, the campfire scene. Mike um, says something about if he had had a normal family, yeah, things might have been different. Like a normal he had a father. normal dog, yeah. And Scott kind of mocks him a little bit, and it just really shows the place of privilege he comes from to not even understand what he's saying. Yeah. Because it's not just that he didn't have a father figure. Like, there's some fucked up shit going on. Right. Like, from day one. Right. And he is still trying to find a way to cope with it. Right. And it just completely bypasses Scott. Although, Scott... uh, you know, they established that they're each other's best friends. Yes. And Mike says that he's in love with him. And yes. Scott's just like, I'm not into that, bro. Yeah, he's not gay. Yeah. I'm not gay. Whatever. And, <clears throat> but then he allows him to hug him. Yeah. Which was kind of tender. Like, it was sweet. And mm-hmm. I wonder, because the only person that really approaches Scott after he goes back to his previous life mm-hmm. is bob and i wonder because mike didn't even come with him like mike was still asleep outside when bob went to see him and was turned away but mm-hmm. i wonder 
if it had would have been different if Mike had been the one that approached him because I feel like mm. he kind of had a soft spot for Mike. Yeah. Because he was so helpless. Yeah. And I I don't know, like I I'm just kind of wish that we could have seen that. Although it would have made me very upset if he had treated Mike the same way that he treated Bob. It made me upset that he treated Bob that way. I was really I, I upset. knew he would. I figured he did he would but when the movie was over and he hadn't like I'm almost positive like I'm over here trying to google it that Keanu Reeves is the one who picks him up at the end because Uh, that was the only like because when after he was robbed I was like is this really gonna be the end of the movie you're not gonna leave you're not gonna give me any redemption for Keanu being a dick nope you're not gonna let fucking Mike find his mom that's what makes you're it not Shakespearean. gonna fucking let me have anything it sucks <laughs> no I feel like it was fucking I'm trying really hard to find it I'm like where are you at <laughs> who picked you up but it doesn't it I'm looks like because Scott it. keeps looking over to Bob's funeral yes and they never actually like show scenes like back to back but it looks Mm -hmm. like mike sees him looking it does and starts to really revel in the way that they're mourning because it's the way that they mourn is not typical it's like loud and it's disintegrating into like this orgy and it's hedonistic it's not like a normal funeral and it's like yeah, Mike it is only half there. Wild. And then when he sees Scott is watching them. He's entirely there. Yeah. He's it all like in. brings him to the present and he, he just delves in. Which I thought was interesting. Um I don't reckon that either of us wrote down what Mike was saying at the end of the movie when uh, he, he said something about, the, about road. the road and he was never gonna get off the road basically he thought that the road would go on forever and it was Mm -hmm. going on around the entire world so um i'm not sure how reliable this website is but this is in the very end we see mike lying on the side of the deserted country road a car pulls up to him and a figure puts him inside we see that scotty is the one driving the car the last shot is that of the car disappearing down the road mike's voiceover says something that alliterates to scotty being his home mm. and that was That's Tiana's not, character it wasn't clear enough for me to have seen it that way but that's okay I mean, I saw it that way. Uh, the but it may have been because I was like, "Where's that? my goddamn redemption?" Right. Whoever wrote that has never been on a country road. That yeah, road no, that was not, not a country, country road. road. No, there were lines. That, it was wide enough for there two cars. Were, there were fields, but that's because it's Idaho and right. there's nothing there. But like that was not a country. That was not road. a country road. <laughs> Idaho is country. A country road is not road. Right. Just, yeah, just because you're surrounded by farms, it doesn't mean that you're on a country road. No. Uh, okay, so, uh, did Bob die of an OD? You know, it's not, they say, they, one of the hustlers said he died of a broken heart. Right. But I'm not sure. I'm. He was awfully, like, clammy and Yeah, they said he was and, cold. Yeah. And he his whole was body crying felt out cold. to God. God. Because first he was like, God, 
God. And then his eyes got wide like he actually saw God. And he said it one last time and then done. Like a question. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. You're here? I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Maybe I need to rethink my life. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think that's, we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah, I can't think of anything. We kind of bounced around a little bit, but that's all right. The movie bounced around a little bit. Yeah, it it was a little disorienting at first. You know, I kind of like, maybe um, somebody can, I don't know, give us some feedback. But I kind of dig what we're doing right now with like the summary of the movie and then even with it going back and forth just saying the stuff that was interesting to us i feel like that's a good that's a solid good to do and like i think it's fine but if people that listen don't then they need to let us know yeah because otherwise we're just gonna keep doing it the way that we decide to do it i do what i want yeah all right so who's your mvp Please don't say Hans. <laughs> I want to say Hans, but I also want to say Bob. Yeah, I was going to say Bob. So I I liked Hans as a character. I thought mm-hmm. his dance was funny. And he did do a lot as far as getting them places. Right, right. But I feel like Bob probably, you know, he was more prominent in their life. Right. And had more of a de- deciding factor. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, like, as far as I could tell, he did not sleep with the Hustlers. No. He was it, just... He seemed super open to sleeping with Scott, but it did not yeah. ever seem like he forced himself on anyone no. or that he even had a relationship like no. that with anyone. No, he didn't have a skeezy mustache. Mm-mm. He was dirty, but he wasn't, like, Gross. dirty. Yeah. Um, the, there was a hustler in their group that was really young and he had like long gingery blonde mm, hair mm-hmm. and he had big blue eyes and he looked so familiar to me. Was it the one with the big lips? He yeah. Really big. He looked familiar to me too, but I, I looked him up and him. like IMDb has no pictures of him. What the fuck? I don't, but he looked so familiar that it was like bugging the hell out of me. I tried to look him up like three times when I was watching this movie. That's Um, but yeah, Bob would be my MVP. So we're going to say that. Now, this is not a movie that I would recommend to anyone. Everyone, I mean. <laughs> just anyone. To just anyone. That's I was what like, I dang, I didn't think it was that bad. Like, no, no, no. I actually enjoyed it. Like, I, I was interested the whole time. And yeah. I I was invested in the characters. Yes. And I thought the, the actors had good chemistry. Like, yeah. in almost every relationship that was yeah. vital to the story. Um. <clears throat> But I don't know that this would be enjoyable for everyone. I think it's like one of those movies, if you're in the mood to see something different, that has a different rhythm, that <laughs> has a different... If you're in the mood to see something fucking weird. Yeah, and like some people are really put off with... Stuff that's gay. Prostitution and <laughs> and and things that are I, gay, like gay I, relationships. Like, I there are some people like... that just won't watch Brokeback Mountain because they know that it has a homosexual relationship in it. And they're just that's, like, I'm not down with that. That's interesting. I won't watch Brokeback Mountain because it has cowboys in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's not true. I've just not watched it. 
I, I haven't seen it either. We could do I, that. My high school boyfriend ended up getting stuck watching it because I took a shower. And yes, I took that long of a shower. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it, but it's not like because. Right. Like I've not gone out of my way not to see it. Right. I've just not seen it. So, for that reason, and, like, some people, it just makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you, it doesn't make you uncomfortable, I think this movie was interesting. Like, I, sure. if you're if you're looking for a love story, don't bother. Yeah, <laughs> If you're looking not... for a feel-good movie, don't bother. Yeah. But if you want something that's interesting and that's, like I said, different, yeah, then I would recommend. I wouldn't Maybe even... a little artsy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not, it's nothing like, um, Requiem for a Dream, but, because they have those, like, fast cuts, mm-hmm. uh, when they begin each new yeah. act, but it did remind me of the, in the feeling. Right. I don't know if that may, if you've seen the movie, maybe you can understand what the I'm saying. cinematography. Yeah, just the. Similar. Yeah, the picture that the director's trying to paint, I think, yeah. was similar in tone. But uh, anyway, so I wouldn't tell you not to watch it if you wanted to, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the first movie I would recommend. My mom is never going to see this movie. (laughs) Never going to. And I would never even mention to her the movie because it would just fall on deaf ears. All right. So uh, as always, thank you for listening. Yes. We appreciate it. Yes. Please feel free to give us a rating on wherever you want. Um, you can contact us on social media. We're on Facebook, the Drama Mamas podcast. We are on Twitter at Drama Mamas pod. And we have a Gmail, uh, Drama Mamas podcast. At gmail.com. Yeah. So... Uh, is that <laughs> I think so. Okay, cool. I just like ran just through that zoomed real right quick. through it. I did. Sid. You're <laughs> like, now what was I supposed to? We've been talking for like an hour, and it just feels like we just sat down to talk. I know. To me, but anyway, as always, remember to save the drama for these mamas. Next week on the Drama Mamas, may the record show that you took it back. Um, I take back that you are a shitty actress. (laughs) You still have a shitty face.